This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to an emergency episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are 37 and 23 through that magical 60 game number. They have been awful the last three games. They were swept by the San Francisco Giants. They are now just a half game up on the San Diego Padres. And maybe even worse in my book, they're only up three and a half games now on the San Francisco Giants. They scored four runs in the three games that they faced off against San Francisco up in the Bay Area. And this is the first time that the Giants have swept the Dodgers in their home turf since 2016. The Dodgers are on a four and nine skid over their last 13 games. No, it's not a five and 15 awful stretch yet, but it might as well feel like one. I'm going to just touch on one stat real quick, and then I'm going to pass the mic over, but the offense in this series, besides the four runs scored, with when it comes to runners in scoring position, maybe the worst I've ever seen in a Dodgers series. They went two for 24, and they left 29 runners on base. In the Friedman era, I can't think of a series that was worse overall than this one. The Pirates one earlier this season was pretty bad, but given the fact that the Dodgers were swept by the Giants and they only scored four runs, and now they have three shutouts this season... This is pretty bad. Jake Reiner, how's it going? It's not going well. This was this was abysmal. Um, it felt, these, th- these past three games in particular, because they did win two out of three in Chicago versus the White Sox, but these past three games in particular felt like one long game. It felt like every single time the Dodgers came to the plate, it didn't matter who was on the mound, what day of the week it was, who had the bat in their hands, they just couldn't come through at any point. They could not get the big hit. And I think easily they could have they could have swept this series, at least taken two out of three from the Giants. They had ample opportunities like you just mentioned. And you also have Dave Roberts kind of sounding off before the game on Sunday, basically saying that this team isn't showing much urgency and there's not a lot of tenacity in that clubhouse. Um, that's very concerning, um, but it is kind of validating in a way because, you know, it's not like he's getting up there and saying everything's hunky dory when clearly you're watching these games and it's anything but that. So at least he's acknowledging it, but it still sucks to acknowledge something like that when you have a team made up of superstars and you expect them to give a shit and, we'll get into the Trey Turner thing too. And that quote that he gave after the game, but that just kind of solidifies what this, what, what we've been seeing from this team recently. Yep. We'll get into that. We'll get a little more into Dave Roberts pregame comments. We will talk about the Walker Buehler injury. We'll talk about should the Dodgers potentially call up Miguel Vargas, but just real quick before I pass the mic over to our other co-host, um, It just felt like every time it felt like in every game, the Dodgers would find a way to either lead off the inning with a double and 
not have productive outs whatsoever, even if it meant moving the runner over to third base and then trying to just small ball and get a sack fly. Or the Dodgers would, would have the bases loaded with nobody out. And we saw it in the second game. Freddie Freeman struck out on an obvious ball four, and then Trey Turner grounded into an ending inning double play. I can't recall a time where the Dodgers had this many ample opportunities and just literally dropped the ball. David Rosenthal, take it away. Three games, two for 24 with runners in scoring position, 29 runners left on base, four runs. That is disgusting. Frankly, I think out of the three of us, I am the one who is going to be the least concerned with this series. And part of it is, most of it is due to the fact that they've been playing kind of this bad for the past, like around 12 games. I mean, starting with the Pittsburgh series, they did not play well in Chicago, although they took two out of three. Uh, They've just kind of been bad recently. And I think that happens during a season. The execution has just been atrocious uh granted it sucks to lose three games to your biggest rival i've said it and i'll continue to say it i do not think the giants are a threat in this division the threat is down south in san diego but it it's brutal to watch i mean i was there on friday and i did not have a good time uh i did get to meet logan webb and he was actually surprisingly really cool and quite delightful i might add so that was pretty much the highlight of the game. And that was pregame. So the game itself sucked. I watched Saturday. It was a disgrace. Uh, and today the two solo home runs. And then just, that was, that was the end of the game in the first inning. The game was over with the first batter of the game. So unpleasant to watch. Yes. Cause for p- complete panic. No cause for a little bit of concern. Yes. Because of the, the lack of sense of urgency. Yeah. And I think, The biggest thing here is none of us are concerned about the Dodgers making the postseason, but maybe how far in the postseason, given the way they're playing right now, that's a different discussion. Jake already brought up Dave Roberts doing something that we kind of like to see showing frustration. The team is too talented. He threw that out there to be struggling this bad. He also mentioned that a lot of the players are getting caught up in their own individual paths and while we don't have confirmation, if there's that, gonna... that part, sorry to stop you there. That part was really uh, eyebrow raising because <laughs> what yeah. really that's a weird comment to make. It, it basically sounds like he's making the assumption that certain players are stat chasing, maybe going for the home runs when they should be sacrificing a productive out. And instead we're seeing a lot of guys striking out with runners on second base and nobody out. Cody Bellinger is one that stands out to me in particular. I think Chris Taylor had another moment too, although he would lead off the inning with the double, but then the guy behind him would strike out. But anyways, back to Roberts, Um, no confirmation if there's been a team meeting, but he did say that he is going to pull certain individual players aside and have conversations with them. And according to the LA times article, Justin Turner and Trey Turner both confirmed that they were not players that had these conversations leaving. I don't know. Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Will Smith, Gavin Lux. I I don't have a clue because we don't have that information yet, but um, do you want to get into the Trey Turner thing right now? Yeah. Yeah. Jake, you want to start this one off? Well, just, just for context sake. So this play happened in the eighth inning and it was a two out situation. And I believe Justin Turner was at the plate 
and he hit a sinking line drive to the outfield. Now you're taught in T-ball when there's two outs, you run on contact. Doesn't matter where the ball's hit, you're running. And when I was watching it live, Trey Turner was at first base. When I was watching it live, I thought when the ball dropped because the outfielder dove for it, missed it, and it trickled away, I thought with Trey Turner's speed, that's an easy run. The Dodgers pick up a run. They're only one down, and we're good. But then I look up, and I see Dino Ebel putting on the stop sign at third. I'm thinking, what the hell? Like, why is he not scoring? And then you look at the replay, and it almost seemed like maybe Trey Turner didn't know how many outs there were because it looked like he was looking and watching to see if the ball was going to be caught. So that was a possibility that ran through my mind. But again, if he did know there was two outs, there just wasn't any uh, giddy up. He wasn't, he wasn't going full out, which was very bizarre for someone with his speed. Then they asked him after the game, what was up with that? And basically what he said was, do you have the quote right there? Cause I don't want to get this wrong. I don't have the exact quote, but I can paraphrase it. I will get well, the quote for yeah, you. Yeah. Let's get, let's get the quote. I'm going to uh, bring it up real quick. All right. So it's, he was asked about the play on not scoring. He said, my run is not really that important. I ran. I don't know why this is a question. Okay. The absolute wrong thing to say. Yeah. Um, out of anything he could have said, that was one of the worst things you could say in that yep. situation. First of all, what? What do you mean your run doesn't matter? If you score there, the Dodgers are only down one. And then, I don't know, a random home run ties the game and you're, you know, you're back in it. And this is the eighth inning. Of course the run matters. And of course the run matters given the context of the fact that the Dodgers just haven't been playing well. They can't score runs. They haven't been able to score any runs. Uh, in this giant series in particular. So of course it yeah. matters. It yeah. just comes off. It just comes off like he doesn't care, which I know he does care. I'm not saying that he doesn't care, but that's a terrible quote to give. Yeah. Just the context of the series, like a two run deficit felt like more like a five run deficit where maybe Dave Roberts should be getting Zach McKinstry out of the bullpen to start throwing because these runs were hard to come by. And I don't really have anything else to add to the Trey Turner, but this just kind of adds to the lack of urgency. It was disappointing for me. Um, it's just not what you want to hear from a guy like that. It's just not. And it's not even, he's not wrong. I mean, that run necessarily didn't eventually matter, but you just don't say that. You just don't. If he, if he didn't see the play well or, or didn't think he could score, that's one thing but you just can't say that that run didn't matter. That's especially amidst this, this bad stretch of, of baseball being played by everybody except for Gavin Lux, uh, where the team is just not executing. That's, that's just adding insult to injury, frankly. And it's, it's a slap in the face to some fans. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a huge deal, but not, not the best look. Not only that, a slap in the face to your team. I mean, you're making those comments publicly that that's not something that, you know, a leader on your team, you, you want to hear, you want to hear that from anybody on the team, yeah. but I mean, can you imagine if Yasiel Puig made that comment? Holy no, hell. Come for his head immediately. The Twitter would break. They'd send they'd, <laughs> but they, you'd have, you'd have all these 40, 50, 60 year old guys trying to send him to Korea. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
Uh, yeah, just Carlos Rodon shoved today. Just to make matters worse, we didn't even see Logan Webb. Still got swept. They had a bullpen game in the second game. And in the last two weeks or so, the stat was something like the Giants had the 29th worst bullpen. And we couldn't solve them. I think they got 13 hits in that bullpen game, but they pushed across two runs. Um, so I already mentioned four and nine over their last 13. They're at, that was a three and a half runs per game skid. And it's a little juiced and inflated because one of those games, they scored, I believe, 11 runs against the White Sox. So take that game out. It's probably even worse. They're averaging seven runners stranded on base over that stretch too. The one positive I got out of today, though, was Julio Urias shoved, yeah, despite in the first inning giving up two home runs to Austin Slater ugh, and Yastrzemski. He ended up going six innings, 10 strikeouts, which was a season high. At one point, retired 16 Giants in a row, ended up giving up just those two runs, three hits. But despite having a 280 ERA, he's now three and six because like another zero outing today, he's just getting no run support this season. It was- and, that's, and that's why when we had uh, Greg Bergman on uh, last week from 710 ESPN, he made the point that it looks like Julio's struggling, but because of the record and all of that, but really he's, he's pitching really well. And he did what the Dodgers needed from him today. Um, given the shortened outing by Walker Bueller, the limited outing by Clayton Kershaw, you needed length and you needed dominance and he provided that unfortunately Dodgers just couldn't score yes let's talk some offense Mookie Betts we'll start with him he's down to a 278 batting average 356 on base went 0 for 4 Sunday he's now in a 2 for 31 slump that's an 065 batting average zero home runs zero RBIs to go along with that came up numerous times with runners in scoring position either struck out or had lazy flyouts barely past the infield. I don't want to correlate Mookie bets to why the Dodgers are struggling, but it's no coincidence when Mookie's off, the Dodgers are off. And right now this is probably the worst slump Mookie bets has been in as a Dodger. Well, and you also think about all the times that he came up with in key in key spots in this series. And he just struck out, popped up on the first pitch. Um, just, he had so many, I don't know off the top of my head, but so many opportunities to knock in some runs and I'll just say this before David jumps in. It just it's just crazy to me. Like one week he looks like the best player that ever lived, and then the next week he looks like Luke Rayleigh. And I don't understand like how why that happens that way. It's just it, it's so bizarre. I mean, it's baseball, man. I mean, we I think everybody got a little excited uh, to see that that stretch of Mookie Betts where it was looked like Boston Mookie Betts, and I think. This is kind of him coming back down to earth a little bit. Obviously, the slump isn't going to last. He's going to he's going to start performing again relatively soon. Uh, but this team can't win games if one Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are struggling at the same time, and two, they're getting nothing from the middle of the order, and I mean nothing. Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Muncy. Uh, Will Smith has been playing a little bit better recently, but those three guys have been pretty much goose eggs for the year in terms of power production, in terms of run producing production, and frankly, in terms of getting on base production. You can't just rely on the top three of your lineup 
throw in Gavin Lux in the eight or nine hole to, to score runs for you. You just can't do it. Uh, if you're going to have a, a three person sized hole in the middle of the lineup that is doing nothing to produce runs, you're not going to get very far period. That's right. Um, Freddie Freeman, a little bit of a funk, like you just mentioned bases loaded struck out. There was nobody out. Uh, I already, re- I already said this, but then Trey Turner grounded into that ending, any double play. What was kind of annoying though, is that following inning, or the inning after that inning, whatever it is, he had a he had a home run. And that would have tied the game, except for the fact that the inning before, Craig Kimbrell came in in a non-save situation and gave up the third run of the game. So what Which, from... Why, why can he not pitch in a non-save situation? <laughs> it's insane, bro. It's literally insane. I, I don't even know why we do it. I mean, it would help if we didn't waste a roster spot on David Price and could use someone who could actually throw a zero on the board, but it's insane to me that Kimbrell is, is strictly a closer three run lead. That's my time. That's it. And lately he hasn't been doing that well. The, the other, the weather weird part about that outing was the run that he gave up. It looked like the batter had been hit by the ball. Brandon Crawford swung at it and it yeah. looked like it hit yeah. him. And for whatever reason, they didn't review it or couldn't review it at that time. But that should have been a dead ball if the ball did hit him. It doesn't matter. Dead ball. Are you saying that he swung? Yes. Yeah. He I did don't swing. Think, I don't think it was conclusive enough. They they ended up ruling it a wild it, pitch. Anyways. It wasn't. It wasn't conclusive enough that it hit him. But he he definitely swung. I don't know the base. It it, it didn't matter anyways. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. Craig Kimball couldn't find the zone to save his life. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, moral of the story, Freeman got a home run that ended up not really mattering. That was like his second home run in his last 175 at-bats. If you want to talk about runs that don't matter. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know where his power is gone, but yeah, this is where... Left it in Atlanta. This is where it's going to get a little sensitive for some people, including Jake. But Justin Turner, man, I've seen enough. He did go one for four Sunday. But now his season slash line, he's got a 213 batting average, a 281 on base, a 629 OPS. He's in a three for 28 funk. That's a 107 batting average. He's striking out a lot. He can't hit the high heat. He's dominating the changeup. No coincidence because it's a softer pitch. Makes sense. Down in AAA, you have Miguel Vargas absolutely tearing up the PCL with a 284 batting average, 10 home runs. 43 RBIs, 867 OPS. Given how poor of a play Justin Turner is right now, I'm not saying take him to the back and shoot him, but they should definitely reduce his role and insert a catalyst like Miguel Vargas. What more do you need to see? <laughs> we're not we're not giving Justin Turner the old yeller treatment. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's Here's, here's, bad, here's, this is, I, I am a, a Justin Turner apologist, I guess. Um, but here, here, here are my thoughts. Yes, he's struggling. Yes, he has been somewhat of an automatic out at the plate. And I would not be opposed to bringing up someone like Miguel Vargas to have a shot, you know, have Justin Turner ride the pine a little bit to give Miguel Vargas a shot. Anybody that can inject some life into this lineup, I'm all for that. Yeah. But to sit here and say that Justin Turner is it should we should focus all our attention on him 
It's just not fair because of what David pointed out just a few minutes ago. It's not just him. Cody Bellinger looks lost up there. Max Muncy, I don't know if he's hurt or he's just, or, 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 or what, or like he's not making good contact with the ball, except for that one game where he came back, uh, you know, against the White Sox. He's not, you know, coming through. He's missing balls that are right down the middle. I mean, Will Smith too, even though, you know, he's kind of shown a little bit of life the past few days. Nobody in the middle of that order is hitting. So to look at Justin Turner as a guy, he's not that guy anymore that that is going to carry the offense like he has done for the past, I don't know, five, six years or whatever it was. But I just don't think you can zero in on him and say, yep, if you just take out Justin Turner, the whole lineup's going to be different. But you have to start somewhere. Sure. And, I, I and, and again, I'm all f- I'm all for that. But I'm saying and, that I'm not like, putting it all on JT. I'm just yeah. pointing out. I was going to get to Bellinger in a second, but the, the issue is we don't really have a replacement for Cody Bellinger. I mean, I guess we could try to ride Chris Taylor center field defense. I'm not saying I'm not saying that you should that. replace. I'm not saying that you should replace any of them. But boy, you know, if if Cody Bellinger was, I don't know half the player he was during his MVP season. I mean, that would help, right? I mean, you just can't rely on him anymore to be a guy in the middle of the order. And that sucks. All right. Here's what I'm going to say. This team needs a a spank in the ass. They need a shot in the arm. They need something. And you got two roster spots being occupied by dead weight right now. David Price in the bullpen and Hanser Alberto on the bench. All right. Neither of these guys have contributed anything of value on the field. Yes, both, especially Alberto is a good clubhouse guy and should remain with the team, but this team needs someone who can come in and get some life into this roster. These guys are playing like zombies right now. They are going through the motions. I don't see any fire. Obviously that doesn't mean there isn't any, but it looks lifeless right now with, with one exception who I'll get into in a little bit, but they need something. If it's Miguel Vargas, sure. If it's someone else, sure. Jake but Lamb, need, I don't care. Yeah, Jake Lamb is another good candidate. Get him in there. See what see what he can do. You got to do something. You can put Alberto on the 15-day IL. Say he pulled his hamstring, even if he didn't. Tell, tell David Price to pull a hamstring as well. Figure something out to get somebody on this roster who can attempt to, attempt to produce from the middle chunk of the order because it is not serviceable whatsoever right now it is are probably one of the worst in in baseball right now yeah i mean injuries play a factor but this dodgers bench is even less productive of a bench than it was last season because at least last season you had albert pujols who you knew could smash lefty home runs i don't think we have one guy on the bench i even trust right now and yeah maybe you get rid of alberto move jt the bench and i'm not scared to give a rookie a chance i mean look at 2013 they Took a shot on Yasiel Puig. They went on an insane run. 2016, they depended heavily on a rookie Corey Seager. They made it to the NLCS. 2017, they said goodbye, Aegon. They put Cody Bellinger in there at first base. He broke like a National League rookie home run record. They made the World Series. And then in 2019, Austin Barnes was struggling at catcher. They added Will Smith. The offense just was unstoppable. So I don't want to hear this. Oh, he's only in AAA. We don't know what he's going to get. You don't know until you take a chance, and I'm yeah, ready to I do agree. it. I agree. 
I agree. And there's, there's no excuse to not, well, there's no 40 man spot. Please. You can put Bueller on the 60 day DL. You can put David price in China. You can do a lot of things here. Okay. So let's figure something out to get some kind of, <laughs> that was a late reaction for you, James. Just place him there. <laughs> just, just move him over to China, Korea. He, he has, I'm sorry. He's a, I, I respect the hell of his career, but I've seen enough. I have seen enough. They brought him in on Friday, and I did not move from my seat. I told everyone around me, here we go. Here comes a home run, guaranteed. Bada bing, bada boom, center field, home run. Called it. Can't take it anymore. Has not helped the team. It's time to move on from David Price. Period. It's time. I've had enough. Darren Ruff was the one to got, get him, right? I don't remember. I was I think sad. his second home run of the game. Yeah, uh, then Chris, Chris Taylor ran into the wall, left bleeding. Apparently, he's not going to play Tuesday, but should be avoiding the IL. The one godsend... Uh, cut me off, David, if I'm stealing your thunder. Gavin Lux, who's up to a 296 batting average, hit his second home run of the season that came in the, the uh, first game. I wanted to ask you guys, is it time to move him up in the batting order? That, that's a question I was going to pose to you guys because here, I'm just going to go through his stats recently. Over the last seven games, nine for 20, it's a 450 average with a 500 on base percentage. Uh, 15 games, 17 for 43, that's a 395 average with a 458 uh, on base percentage 30 games 34 95 that's a 316 average and 387 on base percentage so he's progressively getting hotter and hotter he's almost at 300 on the season he's getting on base higher than anyone on the team i believe uh definitely right now it's a tough call because he's succeeding in the eight and the nine hole uh we've we've seen them try to move him up when he was playing well in in previous seasons and it kind of, it might've messed with him. I like his spot in the order. Frankly, I would not move him up. I like having him eight and nine to set the table because it's been working. He's been getting on base. They just haven't been cashing him in. So personally, I would leave him where he is and just try to like, like what we just talked about, get lamb, get Vargas, get someone in there in the middle of the order to try to spark something. Yeah. Cause you run the risk, right? If you move him up in the order, let's say you move him, I don't know, second, first, even, um, and he doesn't do well, and then you have to move him back down to the nine hole or the eight hole, that's going to screw him up confidence-wise, definitely, um, because he's going to be thinking about Christ. Like, you know, I tried to elevate my game. I couldn't do it. Now I'm back yeah. in the eight hole. Um, so I, I, I think I'm with David on this one. I, I would leave him where he is. Um, you just need more from everyone else. Um, I, I think that there's no shame in having a really strong bat in the bottom of the order because you have Lux in the nine hole and it sort of acts like a secondary leadoff hitter when the lineup turns over. And then you got Betts, Freeman and Turner right there behind him. And ideally when those guys get out of their funk, um, Trey Turner's kind of been a little more consistent than Freeman and Betts at the moment. But when those guys get out of a funk, they're going to be driving Lux all the time. True. All right, let's get to Cody Bellinger. I am uh, close to fed up with Bellinger. Uh, I had some doubts about him getting back to 2019 Bellinger, but I thought he'd be better than, or he is better than 2021 Bellinger, but not by a whole lot. He's batting 207, 278 on base, 394 slugging, 10 for four Sunday with two strikeouts. He's got like a 32% strikeout rate with his at bats. He did have that ground rule double. In the second game off uh, Yarlan Garcia. But I mean, besides that, he's coming up in a lot of key spots. And I'm seeing a lot of strikeouts. 
a little premature with this talk here, but he's looking more like a non-tender candidate by the week. I don't, I don't think we need to get into that right now. I mean, the defense is still there. The speed is still there. He's still got another year on his contract after this year. So frankly, they're not going to non-tender him in the off season because if it's going to, if he's going to come back, it's going to be next year. And if it's not next year, I don't think he's ever going to come back. So I think they're just going to ride that out period. It's I think they're paying him 16 million this season, but God, that's don't a, care. I mean, eventually they're going to care. They, I think they gave a pass because of the shoulder surgery, but can you really do this again? Throw out 16 to 18 million for barely hitting above 200. It's just not smart baseball money spending. I mean, I could see them trading him more than non-tendering him. Yeah, that's the other scenario. And uh, it's I don't know what his price could be right now, but I do also agree that he could be on the trade block this offseason. But anyways, any other I, thoughts on Bellinger real quick? Yeah, I, you know, Bellinger's a tough one because um, I've sort of been trying to think, like, is this – who he is now like is this the player that he is like is he is this not him struggling is this just basically what what he's become um we know he has all the talent in the world uh when he puts it together but it kind of reminds me a little bit i'm not saying these are two comparable situations but if you remember when jason hayward came on the scene yeah. in atlanta and he was all hype. People were saying he was the next Ken Griffey Jr. Whatever. I mean, they, there was so much hype, and like he he hit a like a massive clutch home run in his first at bat, or some something wild like that. And then he just kind of became a guy, and he was a good player, and he definitely was a, a main factor as to why the Cubs won the World Series in 2016 because he whipped that du- that clubhouse into shape. Which I wouldn't mind having a guy like that in the clubhouse, but you know, he's a solid player. He gets the job done. He doesn't do anything spectacular. And he and he and he kind of is below average in a lot of areas. So I'm not saying that Cody Ballinger is Jason Hayward, but that definitely could be the case. Or Chris Davis. It's a sad reality, but I still I still think it's in there somewhere, man. I really do. Yeah. I'm not throwing in the towel on him. No, I'm not either. I'm and not he's either. Also, no matter what he does in the regular season, he's still clutch in the postseason, and he proved that last year. Yep. Proved that last season, but it's a new season, and that'll be something to monitor as we head down the stretch. First game now, Walker Bueller threw four innings, gave up three runs, and then had to exit the game. He felt a snap in his elbow, throwing a curveball in the third inning, was able to go out there in the fourth inning, but ended up having to leave due to to elbow discomfort. He ended up being diagnosed with a strained strained ligament after getting an MRI early Saturday morning. And right now the uh, injury timeline is he won't be able to pick up a ball six to eight weeks. I'll repeat that. Won't be able to pick up a ball. So that's not saying he's coming back in six to eight weeks. That means he can't even throw a ball, meaning that the Dodgers are estimating that best case scenario is he'll be able to return in some type of capacity in September. Bob Nightingale has already tweeted out that the Dodgers will be in the market for a starting pitcher, but back to Bueller, this injury hurts the Dodgers big time. And it's definitely going to leave some big question marks with the rotation going forward. It's a sad reality 
but the Dodgers have to proceed as if Bueller's not going to come back because yep. you just can't rely on that. Um, and you can't rely on Kershaw remaining healthy. You can't rely on Heaney remaining healthy whenever he comes back. Um, there's just, and, and Tony Gonson, even though he's been excellent, he is, you know, they're going to monitor his innings and his pitch count and all of that. So, and you don't know how long the, you know, the Tyler Anderson story is going to last. I mean, there's so many question marks in this rotation. So they got to proceed as if Bueller isn't coming back. Um, did hear some good news about Dustin May though, that he is uh, potentially going to be Dave Roberts wants him to come back as a starter, which is, which is really good. Um, and so hopefully they can, they can build him up to, you know, five innings, 75 pitches at some point, but yeah, the Bueller thing is really, um, it, it's, it's very distressing, uh, when you lose, when you lose your ACE and it was, it's kind of a, you know, a sad, um, ending to a season. If that is to be the case, you know, that he just wasn't himself at any point during the season. It's kind of, it's going to be the lo- a lost year for him. Uh, I mean, we kind of, I feel like everybody kind of knew the, the past couple of weeks that this was not headed in the right direction. Um, I'm not anticipating him coming back. I think the one thing that could again, could happen is that he comes back as a reliever for the postseason. Uh, you just throw him in the seventh or the eighth, maybe even the ninth, if he gets his fastball back, and maybe hope and pray. And that could be a tag team with him and Dustin May in the bullpen. That would be so sick, actually. It would be pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, they're going to need a starter. Uh, this this rotation is too It's being injury, held together by prone. Elmer's glue. Yeah, injury prone slash, like, you know, like Jake said, Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson have been incredible, but how long do we have with that? Uh, is that going to be a year-long thing, or is this is this is this going to die out soon? So, they're going to get another starter, which seems to be the trend every, the, the, for the past two seasons. We're, we're somehow short on starters, uh, but it is what it is, man. They just got to keep it rolling. Yeah. Andrew uh, Heaney should be back soon, though. Yep. He'll make one more rehab outing, and he could be joining the Dodgers rotation Sunday. Much needed. Other than that, just something else that I guess seems like ages ago now, but want to talk about Justin Brule's little outing real quick. Uh, the error that he made trying to throw out a runner or whatever yes. was bad in its own right. It was so but bad. The decision to walk Wilmer Flores to load the bases, not a fan of that move because, yes, Wilmer Flores is pretty good against left-handed pitching, but bases loaded leaves you with no margin for error, and you set the table for Jock Peterson – who you know wants to get back at his former team is a clutch player. And I mean, let's be real. Brule is no, he's no Araldis Chapman out there. He's not throwing gas. And of course, Jock Peterson hits it in a spot where normally you'd have your second baseman in a shift, but because he wasn't, no one was there. Two runs were able to score and that game became out of reach. Yeah. He wasn't in the shift. He wasn't in the shift because the bases were loaded. That's true. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't matter, but it could have mattered. So just kind of more frustrating play as of late. All right. Any other final thoughts on this series? Otherwise, I just wanted to read off Cole Kuyper's most hated Dodgers list and get a quick reaction if this makes any sense. You know, I heard that asshole on the post game. Uh, that guy sucks, man. Who is this? Cole Kuyper is the son of the uh, Giants. Mel Kuyper? 
Oh, no. No, no. no. So the Giants broadcasters are Dwayne Kuyper and oh. something Krukow uh, or something. So Cole Kuyper is, is Dwayne Kuyper's son, and he does, like, the pre- or post-game for, like, NBC Sports Bay Area. Oh, okay, got um, it. That guy sucks, man. I, I, I Sometimes I'll see him because I'm up here on the post-game. He's annoying as shit. That's all I got to say So on that. he thinks that the Dodgers you should hate the most are – Number five, Freddie Freeman. Number four, <laughs> Cody Bellinger. Number three, Julio Urias. Number two, Justin Turner. And number one, no surprise, Max Muncie. All right. The only Aside one that from, makes sense is yeah. Max Muncie. Exactly. I mean, the other the other four guys are like the most likable people on the team pretty much. So I don't know what this guy's smoking. But like I said, he's annoying as shit. So I wouldn't fucking listen to him. All right. Any final thoughts? My final thoughts very quickly are it's just been, you know, this is another series this season. that The Dodgers just have to throw in the trash. I mean, there's been so many weirdly upsetting, disappointing series so far. You talk about Colorado to begin the season, the one in Arizona, the two against Pittsburgh, the first Philly series, the Mets series, this Giants series. There's been so many just abysmal series that they've had this season and they just got to, they just got to throw these in the trash and figure it the hell out. Yeah. I mean, look, I hope, I hope we don't get another, what was it last year? Four and 20 stretch or whatever. Oh, we're in the midst five, of those five, and five and 15, yeah, whatever it was. But look, you got, you got two with the angels, three with the, the three with the guardians and uh, three with the reds coming up. So you need, you need a seven and, and one stretch here. Bad. Really, really bad. Well, the Dodgers have a date with Noah Syndergaard next, so hopefully they can make that little bitch cry. Tom Hallian, ass in the jackpot, round two. <laughs> Please, we need it. But yeah, that's going to conclude this episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Angry emergency update edition. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe. It's going to be okay, everybody. It's going to be okay, I promise. It'll be fine. We just needed to get this out for therapy's sake. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and until next time, everyone go Dodgers.